This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast on this Football Friday, uh, our Football Friday podcast for week. Number eight, which began last night with the Ravens' win over the beleaguered Bucks, who were all banged up and have to wonder exactly uh, what the future holds for their all-world legendary quarterback, the way things are going right now, and, and with all the injuries they have. Uh, things are just not bouncing right for the Bucks right now. Ravens play without a lot of people and have to be concerned about their uh, wonderful tight end, who not only had a bad knee, but now has a bad shoulder to go with his bad knee. But they overcame that last night. And the Bucks, who are right now uh, really a, a shadow of what they're supposed to be with all the injuries they have, are in a, a tough spot. Trading deadline comes your way Tuesday at 4 o'clock. A bunch, a bunch of wide receivers on the block. Some running backs on the block. I'm very leery about taking running backs for the most part. And... And uh, the Chiefs made the move for Tony. I don't have any problem with the Giants getting rid of Tony. He never played for them. He's always hurt. But if the Chiefs unlock unlock that puzzle and get him healthy and motivated, watch out. Because the one time we saw him on his game, he had 10 catches for 189 yards and dazzled. We've never seen that player again. But it's in there somewhere, and if anybody could bring it out, it's Andy Reid. So be careful with that one. That could be one where you say, how did the Chiefs get this guy? Uh, that, but one thing about him, he never plays. So he's always, always hurt. It's a luxury for the Chiefs. They don't have to worry about it. The Giants are looking for a wide receiver. Whether they can land Jerry Judy, we'll wait and see. I hear the price tag's pretty high, and the Giants don't want to bankrupt anything for this season. They really don't. Uh, they want to be in a very commanding position next year. I think they're interested in Judy, but I don't think they'll pay an exorbitant price for him. All right, the games of week number eight uh, buys for the Chiefs, who are a very, very solid 5-2 and two right now, and for the Chargers. And um, as we said, keep your eye on that trade deadline, which will come your way. You'll hear a lot of rumors all weekend. Come your way uh, on the 1st of November at 4 o'clock. Pats coming off a terrible, terrible performance. I mean, an embarrassingly bad performance against the Bears. Take on the Jets, who they own. Jets suffered some severe injuries, and the injury to Hall is heartbreaking because he was a tremendous-looking talent. He was a game-breaking talent and could have been anything at running back. Still will be, I think, down the line, but now he's going to have to repair an ACL first. Uh, they do a good job with ACLs. Uh, it's an injury that you can come back from, not like the old days. Uh, but it's still heartbreaking, and the Jets are banged up as they take on the Pats. Jones will be at quarterback. No one knows exactly what Belichick's doing with the two kids right now at quarterback because they're up, they're down, they're in, they're out. Uh, but listen, 
if you're Belichick, get away with whatever you want because you're Belichick. So uh, anybody else they'd be killing, but right now it's Belichick, so they don't kill you. Um, remember, Pats usually after a bad game play a good game. They usually save their best for the Jets, and the Jets are very banged up, and their offense is sputtering, and will sputter without Hall. So this is going to be a very tough game for the Jets. Uh, Giants out in Seattle. You want to talk about two teams that are winning because of coaching. These are the two. Give Dable an incredible amount of uh, credit for what he's done with the Giants. We've talked about that all year. We haven't extolled the virtues of Pete Carroll, and he has done a tremendous job with Geno Smith at quarterback, with all kinds of injuries. Now they've uh, unfolded a new – they've really, you know, discovered a new star at running back um, in Walker, uh, who was really good at Michigan State last year uh, and is going to be very, very good and is already off to a wonderful start. Um, this will not be an easy game for the Giants. It'll be another game that goes right to the wire. And like I said, the Seahawks have done a tremendous job this year with a lot of issues on defense everywhere throughout the lineup, and they're winning with Geno Smith, the quarterback. So you got to give Pete Carroll and the staff a, a lot of credit. Denver and the Jags in London – we know the Jags love London. Their owner loves London. Um, Denver is a dismal two and five in this. They're trading, they're looking to trade off the whole team. You know, Chubb's on the block. Judy's on the block. Uh, other wide receivers are on the block. I mean, it's a nightmare right now. Uh, they can't stand the coaching. I mean, the whole thing's a mess. Um, Jags are two and five, but they're two and five, and they're an inch from being good. They're in every game until the last play. They're on every, every – they easily could have won three other games. Their quarterback's got to grow up. He's only in his second year. Etienne, who is explosive as heck, has got to hold on to the ball. They're learning. They're learning. You can just see they're a year away, but they are learning and they're dangerous. Panthers had a big win last week, really a, a, an enormous win last week. Um, take on the Falcons. Um Hey, you wouldn't be surprised by anything either one of these teams does, uh, and you'll figure another close game. The Bears, that was a stunning win. That's the best game the Bears have played in a long time. And clearly, the difference in the game was the design runs for their quarterback. Instead of a handful of them, they went to the design run as a big part of the game, and he tore the game apart. He completely tore the game apart. Now let's see how those design runs work against the Cowboys, who have the kind of personnel that can be very, very tough on a quarterback who wants to move. Um, Cowboys are doing it with defense. They're a little banged up themselves on offense right now. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a close game. You figure the Cowboys will find a way, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get another close game here. And this year is the year of the close game anyway. Dolphins at 4-3 and three against the 1-5 and five Lions. The Lions have been just bad. And now as they start to get healthy on defense, their offense starts to fall apart after being explosive early in the season when they had no defense. Um, Dolphins, four and three. I wouldn't say they're on their game right now. Figure this one's a close one, but the Lions, they're the masters of losing close games. The Cards are three and four against the Vikings. The Vikings are the only team that has a big edge in their division right now. Vikings have a big lead in their division and can really distance themselves from the field with a couple of more good weeks at five and one. 
So if they can keep to their knitting right now, they will really be in a commanding position this year because they have a chance to blow their division apart before Thanksgiving if they continue what they're doing. The Raiders and the Saints. Saints are going to start Dalton at quarterback, even though Winston's healthy. Raiders at 2-4 and four should be better. I mean, they easily could have won, again, two or three other games. Uh, this figures to be another up-and-down you know, close, crazy game. The Saints have been playing those. The Raiders have been playing those. Why wouldn't they play one together? Titans at 4-2 and two against the Texans. They'll find a way to win again. Uh, Washington at the Colts. The Colts really have befuddled the league with their move. The permanent benching of Matt Ryan. Now, Matt Ryan has not gotten off to a good start there because he thought he'd be operating behind a better offensive line. He hasn't. When he's gotten hit, and he's gotten hit a lot, he's fumbled the ball. He's also thrown some picks. He's also had games like two weeks ago when they beat Jacksonville and he threw for 389 and three touchdowns. Um, But he's already, he said he was shocked by the news. They have benched him permanently because they don't want to pay him next year in case he gets hurt. They would owe him, they could owe him as much as $29 million next year if things broke wrong. They said he'll never play another game for them. He could be gone by Tuesday if somebody would willing to give them anything, or he could even get cut. Um, just crazy what's gone on there. They brought him in there because they thought they could win with him. Their offensive line has fallen apart. Their defense has been hurt by injuries. They're 3-3-1, three, three and one, and now they bench Matt Ryan for the season. Very, very strange. Washington... Actually got a lift with the change of quarterback. They're not very good, but uh, we'll see if they can lift their game here a little bit. Niners and Rams both have their issues. When they play each other, it can be uh, very contentious, as we know. Uh, That division is going to remain up for grabs, and somebody might win it at 500 or a game above. Um, Can't win it at 500, but maybe a game above. Or a game below. Who knows? Maybe it'd be that, be that kind of year. Um, the Sunday night, the Packers and the Bills. Start of the season, this looked like, hey, one of the legendary quarterbacks against one of the now top quarterbacks in the game. You know, the passing of the guard, blah, blah, blah. Now it looks like, my God, it could be a disaster. The Bills could just destroy this team the way the Packers are playing right now. The Packers can't get out of their way offensively. Their defense is going to have trouble holding up over 60 minutes when they're going to be on the field the whole game. Uh, Unless we see something from the Packers we haven't seen in recent weeks, and right now they come in there just limping, to say the least. This game could be ugly. And then the Bengals and the Browns, Bengals lost chase, but they're, on, they're firing on all cylinders right now, and their quarterback's playing really well. Uh, Browns, very disappointing. Other than Chubb, who's had one bad game. But Chubb's done his job. Not too many other guys have done their jobs. Uh, and that's the Monday night game, the Bengals and the Browns. Always a fierce rivalry. But Bengals right now, even without Chase, have enough weapons to uh, find a way to win this game, even if the Browns give you one of their A games. I figure they'll find a way to blow it in the fourth quarter, which has been their way uh, all the way through. As we said, trades, Tony goes to the Chiefs, are going to be more uh, 
Kareem Hunt, Akers, Judy, Chubb, Cooks, uh, Marcus Callaway, some corners in, in different spots. There's a bunch of guys that could get traded by Tuesday. Watch. Most likely, it'll be a couple of wide receivers. They're easier to trade than some of the other positions. Um, and maybe a couple of these running backs get, get dumped. But um, for the most part, there's not a trade that's going to rock the league or anything right now. But the league is undergoing a changing of the guard because you are seeing the really the fall from grace of two of the legendary quarterbacks of all time in Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and the emergence of, you know, the guys you expected this year, Mahomes and, of course, two or three other guys who you now want to put on that level. But really how badly things have fallen for Brady, for Rodgers, for Wilson, for Matty Ice has been, stu- has been really stunning in the first half of the season. In this low-scoring first half of the season, games have been close, low-scoring, and some quarterbacks have really taken it on the chin. When we come back, we'll chat with Brandon Stokely. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. You can catch Thinking Stokely every week with Brandon and Mark Schlereth every week on the Bet Rivers Network. And wherever you download your podcasts, you can find the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. And remember, for all your wagering needs in the tri-state area, in New York and New Jersey, it's Bet Rivers. In Connecticut, it's Play Sugar House. Brandon, we welcome Brandon into the show right now. Brandon, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Mike. Appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. As I went to break, I said, here we are. We're reaching the midway part of the season. Halloween is upon us. And what we have seen is the demise of legendary quarterbacks, not just Brady and Aaron Rodgers, but Matty Ice, who's now been permanently banned in Indianapolis, and even Russell Wilson, who has been a disaster in Denver. What's going on with these guys? I can't figure it out. Uh, I really can't. I mean, you look at Tom Brady last year and Aaron Rodgers and one, two in the MVP um, race there. It's, it's uh, you know, those guys didn't forget how to play overnight. Um, but obviously, I think the older you get, you know, your mobility uh, takes a step back. You need guys around you to step it up and make plays. You look in Tampa, their offensive line's a mess. They lost a couple guys uh, this offseason, lost their center um, uh, early in training camp. And, and Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Devontae Adams, that was his go-to guy. That was his guy. Maybe the offensive line's not quite the same. The running game isn't the same. And then uh, in Indy, you know, you lose uh, Jonathan Taylor there, and their offensive line isn't quite the same. And Matt Ryan's mobility um, has taken a huge step back. So I think it's, you know, those guys need some help now, and you're not seeing it in those situations. You see the breakdown, Brandon, of their infrastructures, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's, Aaron Rodgers watching these young guys run bad routes and drop the ball, and he shakes his head every time Dubs drops a ball or every time Watson drops a ball, and you could see that get to him. Uh, the offensive line for Brady and Matty Ice, who can't operate without an offensive line, they're both not going to be able to do that. 
Uh, Matty Ice, when, he, when he's been hit this year, has fumbled. He's also thrown some bad picks. He was two weeks removed from 389 and three touchdowns, though, yep. also. Uh, so we all know he can still throw the ball. But that might be a little economic. We know that. But this has been – and then in Denver, where people were excited – I mean, that thing never got off the ground. And you wonder there where already they can't stand the coaching staff. Mike, I, and this is where I'm at. I'm, I'm right here in Denver, so I'm living this day in, day out. Um, and it's been a complete disaster. Obviously, you see it on the national stage. And, you know, they've had like four primetime games so far. And there was so much optimism coming in this season that the Broncos had finally found their quarterback. It had been since Peyton Manning, Super Bowl 50, been looking for a quarterback. And every year it's been different, and there's been so much frustration here. And then you finally got your quarterback. You're going to pair him with this great young offensive coordinator who's just coming from Aaron Rodgers. And it's been a complete disaster here. And it, it, so much has gone wrong from, you know, is it the lack of talent around Russ? Is it Russ not going through his reads and progression and 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 doing things that you would think that high school quarterbacks could do? Um, you, you know, you're not seeing Russ be able to do those things. So it's um, it's been very confusing here in Denver with what we, we're seeing here with, with Russell Wilson. And, uh, you know, I think everyone here uh, is just keeping their fingers crossed because you gave him a huge contract, over 160 guaranteed, you know, 244 overall. And so you're committed to him. You're not committed to this coaching staff. And so the fingers, you know, the first one that's going to go is the coaching staff and Nathaniel Hackett. Russell can't go anywhere. When you look at this right now in the NFC, the Eagles are 6-0. and the Vikings, who have the biggest lead of anybody in any division, they have a three-game lead and could put their division away by Thanksgiving if they keep winning, are 5-1. and one. The Giants are 6-1. and one. The Cowboys are 5-2. and two. Three of those teams are in the same division. The NFC East, which, you know, people remember, might remember, was a dominant division forever and then has had rough times now, you know, pounding its chest a little bit. Of those four teams, the Eagles – the Vikings, the Giants, the Cowboys, which one do you believe in the most? It's got to be the Eagles. You know, obviously they haven't uh, lost a game yet, uh, but I love what they have offensively, what Jalen Hurts can do with his feet, how he's throwing the football, uh, and they have weapons around him, uh, and they have a good offensive line. You look at their defense. I mean, they, they are loaded, and they just made the big trade this week to go get Robert Quinn, who had 18 and a half sacks last year, and they only gave up a fourth-round pick for him. So um, I really like what the Eagles have on both sides of the football. I think they're the most complete football team. And uh, and then after that, for me, it's the Cowboys because of what they're doing defensively. I think if they can get healthy and Dak can get back going a little bit offensively, um, you're going to see a, a, you know, a team that will finish strong. Uh, so I don't know if I believe in the Giants right now, and I, and I don't know if the I Giants believe in the Giants have done Vikings. it with coaching, brilliant coaching from Dable and Martindale, but they have come from behind with magic tricks in the fourth quarter about four times. I mean, you you just you don't think you can sustain that, and, and and for me, the Vikings, yeah, they beat the Packers early in the season, but um, I got to see more from them also uh, b- before I, I jump on that ship. Brandon, you know a little bit about offense. What is wrong with these offenses? Why is the why have the defenses so overwhelmed the offenses so far in this season? Well, I think for me, when I, when I look at like the, the Broncos situation, I was out there at training camp uh, every day watching them. And I know one way to play offensive football, and that's to work. 
You know, I'm, I'm from the Peyton Manley School of Offensive Football, and we worked our tails off every single day. And I'm watching those guys operate, and uh, we called it glamping. You know, it, it, it was training camp was the easiest I've ever seen. You know, there was no two hard days back to back. Their hard days were, you know, um, not even tough. And so you got to work. You got to work. And I just didn't see that uh, with, with the Broncos. And now you're watching them play. And it's like, well, you know, because football, playing offensive football is not easy. Playing football in the NFL is not easy. It's got to be tough sometimes, especially during training camp in the offseason. You got to work your tail off. Not saying they didn't work, but I don't think they went out there and went about their business like they were coming into a football season ready to, um, you know, win some football games. So that that was from my perspective for the Denver Broncos and around the league. I think you just when you're seeing all these changes happen, when you're seeing coaches move now more and more, there's not a lot of stability around the NFL. These quarterbacks are moving uh, all over the place now. Like I said, I, just playing offensive football in the NFL is hard. And, um, you know, if, if you're not working and you're not laying a foundation year after year, it makes it tough to go out there during, in, in a season and be consistent for 17 games. You know, we know these guys can still find the end zone. We're talking with Brandon Stokely because Mahomes has 20 touchdown passes. Allen has 17 touchdown passes. And Joe Burrow has 15 touchdown passes. So we know these guys can still find the end zone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, but when you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes, when you look at a guy like Josh Allen, I mean, they've been in those systems now. And then, and I know Buffalo's got a new offensive coordinator there, but they've been in the same place now um, for, for years. And, and you look at Burrow, I think this is what his third year there. Um, and he's got weapons around him. Obviously, they're trying to fix that offensive line. Uh, so I think that's kind of showing itself. These teams that have some stability, that have playmakers around their quarterback, um, and, and and you know those guys, uh, Mahomes, uh, Allen, uh, Burrow. I mean, they're just studs. You know, they can get it done, and they can get it done in any which way. And and um, they just continue to do it year in and year out. And, and um, when you look at the Chiefs and the, and the Bills, I'm sure those are the two teams that we're going to see here in the end again. We saw them a week ago. What a game that was. Saw him a year ago. What a game that was. So it's still a quarterback-driven lead. You know, there's no doubt about it. No question. I think we're going to see him again in the AFC title game. I think they're the two best teams. How do you separate the two? You you favor one over the other from what you've seen this year? Well, I I really like the move that the the Chiefs just made, giving up a a third rounder for um, Tony there from from the Giants. If Tony can ever get on the field... I've right. seen him. If you can ever get on the field, he can be an electrifying player, but he never, ever has been healthy in two years. And maybe I don't know if he's dogging it. I don't know if he was really hurt. I can't tell you that. But I can tell you this. He's never been healthy or ready to play except for one game, and he had 10 catches for 189 yards <laughs> in that game. Right, exactly. So I think sometimes it changes scenario for a guy, right? And, you know, if he's ever going to get right, it's going to be going to Kansas City playing for Andy Reid, yep. Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and Patrick Mahomes in that style of an offense, right? And and so you know this is probably it for that guy. Uh, can you go there and you know be a good teammate and stay healthy and get on the football field? Because if you can, guess what? You're gonna you're gonna produce. Um, but I yeah I, I'm, I'm with you. It's it's gonna be those two teams in the end here in the AFC and. It's just going to come down to the fourth quarter again. I like Buffalo this year. I just think they're on a mission this year, and I just give them a slight edge. And, and obviously, 
you know, as the season progresses, it's what team can stay healthy. Injuries play such a big role in determining your season. But I really like what I'm seeing with Buffalo this year. And obviously they went on the road um, a week or so ago and they beat the Chiefs. But it's uh, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, especially when you have these two young quarterbacks. You can throw in Burrow, Lamar Jackson, some of these young quarterbacks that are playing at the level that they're playing at. The one thing I, I that I don't like about the league is they want all these young quarterbacks now to run. I mean, and really run. Now, I'm from an era, you know, you were groomed with quarterbacks who didn't want to run, okay, who did everything with their head and their, and their arm. But you're seeing these guys, even last week, look at what happened in Chicago when they went to the design runs against the Pats. I mean, they took the Pats apart. But he had like 12 design runs in that game. I mean, how long is a guy going to survive with 12 design runs in these games week after week? That's that's the hard part here. You know, you're walking that fine line because this is what these quarterbacks are doing in middle school, high school, college. I mean, this is the style of offenses that they're playing. And so they're not being groomed to be and taught to be prototypical pocket quarterbacks. You got to use your legs nowadays. You got to be running those RBOs. And that's how they're growing up uh, playing football. And so when you get to the NFL, the coaches are looking at it now and saying, well, I mean, we're, we can't make this guy a pocket quarterback, especially early on. He's got to be able to use his legs. And so, but now you, you look at it and say, well, can they stay healthy? Right. I mean, these are some 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 grown ass men they're playing against and and the hard part is staying healthy if you're gonna if you're gonna decide to run your quarterback and your quarterback is your is everything so those guys have to be smart with, with sliding and those types of things but in the end if you're gonna run them they're gonna get hit and you just gotta hold your breath every time they get hit. I'll tell you without Daniel Jones using his legs the Giants wouldn't have two wins. That's how that's how much his yep. legs have played into every victory. It's, his legs have been a I mean they've been more important than his arm. I and mean, the Giants have had no downfield passing game but Jones and Barkley have run the ball on everybody and Jones has run the ball every week. Yeah, Michael, and like you said, you know, when you have a coaching staff that's doing a great job like they are in, uh, with the Jets and the Giants, and then you can make a few plays with your legs, play great defense. Um, look, it's a backbreaker for defensive coordinators when they have everything covered up and all of a sudden the quarterback takes off for 12 yards on third and 11. I mean, it's just such a backbreaker and such a momentum builder for the offense, like, hey, I just got covered. This guy was covered. No one was open, but our quarterback just took off and got us a, a first down and kept us on the field. It does so much for your whole football team, uh, and, it, and it just crushes the defense. Listen, I always thought if you could have the great quarterback who had that in his pocket when he needed it in, foregone, in bygone errors, it was huge, especially late in the games for Roger Starbuck or John Elway. They were impossible in a two-minute drill because they could always get that first down running the ball if they needed it. They didn't, they didn't use it often, but when they needed it, it was there. And that escapability or ability to get that first down on third and long when nothing was open, I mean, you know, that's why they were masters of the comebacks. Yeah, you, you have a guy on the ropes and – you know, you do a good job maybe for three and a half quarters, and then all of a sudden there he goes on a key third down, uh, just just a backbreaker for you uh, defensively. And and you're seeing it more and more now, obviously. And it's yep. just it's just it's it's the way they're taught. It's the way that NFL offensive coordinators view things now. They're going to try to structure offenses around these young guys coming up because that's how they were taught. And so, but but you know, the whole thing is is coming back to can you stay healthy. And that's the hard part here when your quarterback's running a lot. 
The one guy who's not that way and who's kind of old school and good at it is Burrow. Burrow is kind of an old type, old fashioned gunslinger. You know, he really is, and and very good at it. Yeah, he he is, and he's a guy that will take off every now and then. You know, he doesn't do it a lot, but when he needs it late in football games, and he got that crucial third and five, third and six, and everyone's covered up, he will use his legs, and he's tough, and he'll hang in the pocket, and he. He's that guy that will wait to the last second um, and give his receivers the last half a second to be to, to get open before he delivers the football. So he's been fun to watch, obviously, that run they went on last year. And to see if they can pick it up this year, uh, they're kind of getting going back in the right direction. Uh, obviously, losing Jamar Chase here for, for a while will, will hurt them. But I think they'll be fine because of what that guy brings to the table. You know, we're, we're talking with Brandon Stokely, and you can hear he, uh, Brandon and Mark Schleth on the Bet Rivers Network with their program. Um, you're synonymous with the guy who I think, down in, down out, was the best player in the 40 years that I've been watching NFL football. He's the best player Sunday to Sunday, regular season ever, and that's Peyton Manning. Best player week in, week out for his whole career than anybody I ever saw. Aaron Rodgers is close. I think he, Peyton was even better. Now, being around that guy, you understand the position. With that being the case, is it harder now to become a good quarterback with what's thrown at these guys, or is it easier than it was, say, 10 or 15 years ago? Well, I think if you're trying to you know, be a prototypical pocket quarterback, it could be more difficult. Um, uh, uh, but the way these guys are using their feet and they're able to use their feet like we've been talking about, I think that frees them up uh, more. If you can be that quarterback every now and then that can be in the pocket making plays, making decisions, because in the end, you've got to be able to throw the ball from the pocket. If you can't throw from the, from the pocket, look, you're not going to be consistent enough. You'll see some splashes here or there, some good games here or there. But in the NFL, you have to be consistent week in and week out. And and you won't see that if you can't make some plays from within the pocket. And I think that's the thing that you're seeing now. You're seeing too many guys rely on their feet and their legs and not be able to make those those clutch plays when they can't take off and run with it from within the pocket. Um, and Peyton was the absolute best, you know, and it was attention to detail. It was the work ethic. It was how he prepared. It was how he worked uh, just every single day, day in and day out. There was never a change in the guy. And there was just one standard, one way of doing it. And it was just like, Hey, let's go figure it out on the football field. Let's work. And if it, something didn't go right, you were going to continue to do it until it got right. And there was no, you know, and what, when I'm watching these offenses now, I, I, it's just a head scratcher for me because there seems like there's so much gray area out there. Like, where are the rules? You got to have route discipline. And these guys are running all over the place and quarterbacks are throwing it to one spot. Receivers are doing something else. And it's a head scratcher. You can't have that gray area. That stuff has to be talked about and communicated out at practice and meetings. And I don't know if you see that anymore. And, and, and well, I, I don't know how much you saw it back then, but I know with Peyton Manning, that stuff was discussed. That stuff was talked about, whether it's coaches, players, everyone knew and everyone was on the same page. And nowadays you're looking at it and it's like a little bit too much backyard football for me. Uh, I think teams and, and certain um, uh, teams and quarterbacks, you, you need to tighten that up and you could really take a, a, a big step forward. Well, I think the only one that even shows any real organization or synchronization of that is Mahomes in Kansas City. And even them sometimes, they look like they're off their page because he sometimes, you know, will throw it from all different angles and do different things. But they seem like they have a have a more diverse plan than just about everybody else. 
Absolutely. The things that they do um, uh, week in and week out are so creative, uh, but then they go out there and execute it. But they also have that backyard football aspect to their game, which there's nothing wrong with that. When you get off schedule, can you make a play, right? You still need to make a play. And it's Mahomes getting out of the pocket, used to be finding Tyreek Hill and still finding Travis Kelsey. I mean, those are those are backbreakers for defenses. So you still want that aspect of your game if your quarterback can do it. Now, what you don't want is that is you to rely on that style of a football. And I'm seeing too much of that in the NFL these days. Yeah, you see, I mean, it really is. It's it's very, very different. And uh, you're seeing it's, uh, you know, points are most games are at a premium. I mean, these, these teams are not scoring like they used to. That's for sure. And the one thing is I don't care who it is. Like, I, I remember a couple weeks back, I'm thinking, hey, there's no way the Giants are going to be successful blitzing Aaron Rodgers. And I stood there in the fourth quarter as they blitzed them play after play, and it worked. And I'm saying, wow. I mean, usually you couldn't blitz Aaron Rodgers ever. And they blitzed them on third down, knocked the ball down, blitzed them on fourth down in the red zone, knocked the ball down, won the game. And I'm like, you know, you're seeing it now. They will attack quarterbacks from every angle with the pass rush. Yeah, I think you're seeing defensive coordinators not being as scared anymore, and you're seeing that mindset of you know what if we hang back here. Um, and, and you're talking about that Giants game, obviously yep. uh, against the Packers there in London. If we hang back here, he's going to find a guy. So let's put some pressure on him. And you know what? We're putting pressure on him without guys that he trusts. Uh, right. You know, he doesn't trust these wide receivers. No, like not at all. In, 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 in the past, it was like, OK, he's going to find Devontae Adams if you blitz and you leave Devontae Adams one on one and it's over. Well, now look who he's throwing it to. You know, you got a lot of young players out there and it's uh, it's it's a different situation if you don't have your dudes around you as a quarterback. And I think that's what he fought for, you know, a few years back. He, he you know, he wanted his guys and he's looking at Randall Cobb and these guys. And, you know, he's like, hey, you know, you can't just uh, think you can just get rid of these guys and, and me to continue to play at such a high level. I need some of my guys here that I trust. Right. Trust is such an important uh, part, either from the coaches to the players or the players to the players. And Rodgers just doesn't have that right now with the guys around him. You know, the you you never count them out, but right now, the Bucks and all their injuries with Brady and what's going on with the Packers as they get ready to play the Bills, I mean, it, it looks like they are not going to recover. It really doesn't look good. It looks bad. Yeah, it looks really bad, especially, you know, you look at the Packers situation, and like you said earlier, Mike, uh, they're, they're, they're like three games behind in their division already. The Bucks are right there in the division. NFC South stinks, right? I mean, it's yep. a bad division. So they're lucky that they're in such a bad division, but they got to play better. You can't lose to the Carolina Panthers if you're Tom Brady and the Bucks. You can't lose to Pittsburgh if you're Tom Brady and the Bucks. So, you know, they've had some bad losses uh, this year uh, that, that you just can't have, but they're still right there because their division is so, so bad. But they got to play better. And now you're seeing the injuries start to happen to them. You know, defensively, that defense has got to carry them right now. Um, but but they're getting injured. They're getting injured, and it's making it more difficult. And so that's the NFL's tough, man. It, it it is tough, and you're seeing that right now with Brady, with uh, Tom, with Brady and, and Rodgers and their teams, and how they're struggling right now. The other team that that's in there and it's kind of quietly gone about its business is Minnesota. I mean, they got the they have the big lead. They only have one loss. They're five and one coming off their bye. They already have a three-game lead in the division. We know the Packers uh, are in trouble. We know what's going on with the Lions, and and the Bears are going to be five hundred at best. So, 
they could wrap things up very early. You got a young coach there and a, and a veteran team, okay? A, a team that, you know, people expected more from for a lot of years, never could get over the hump. Do you see anything different with Minnesota this year? Well, I think sometimes just a change uh, there as you, from your head coach, right? And you hear stories about Mike Zimmer and how bad that culture was there. And now you get a young guy with a different perspective offensively. I mean, obviously, they have weapons offensively. When you look at Justin Jefferson, when you look at Adam Thielen, uh, Dalvin Cook. So you have weapons offensively, and now you bring an offensive-minded head coach that sees things a little bit differently. And uh, those guys have just gravitated to him and, and his style of football and the way that you know they're going about their business. So um, I, I don't know. I'm skeptical if they can keep this type of pace up and if they'll be in it uh, in the end. But when you have dudes like uh, like I just named there, especially offensively, you always have uh, you always have a chance. And we'll see if Kirk can continue to play um, good, solid football. And uh, but I, I'm doubtful. I'm doubtful of Minnesota being there in the end. Well, how about this one, Brandon? Uh, uh, and this is, and I know the TMZ people, they're, they're good about what they report. They are really solid. Uh, Giselle and Tom Brady have filed for divorce. Wow. Well, According to TMZ, just came yeah. over now. My producer just sent it to me. Breaking news. Giselle and Tom have filed for a divorce officially today. Yeah, look, I mean, you knew this was coming down. You knew there were some some issues there, some trouble there. Uh, you watch Tom in his press conferences. He just doesn't look the same. Um, that's tough to go through in the middle of a season, that's for sure. It, Mike, it's so hard to, you know, you know, this guy's, what, 45 years old? Yeah. Um, and, and uh, he, you know, he just wants to enjoy probably what, what's going to be his last year playing football. And, and, and all of a sudden you have all this other stuff that you're dealing with, right? It's, it's a lot. You get kids involved and – um, so it makes things on the football field a lot more difficult. Uh, so, and, and this thing obviously started back in before training camp and it, it has continued th- through the season. So yeah, your heart goes out and you feel bad for a guy like that. That's going through this stuff off the football field and is uh, struggling on the football field. And especially a guy like Tom Brady. Remember folks, you can catch stinking Stokely every week with Brandon and Mark Slareth every week on the bet rivers network. Uh, and Brandon, I appreciate you coming on. We'll have you on again down the road. So thanks very much. Uh, and, uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Mike, it was a pleasure. Absolute pleasure coming on with you and chatting football. So appreciate you. Thank thanks you. a lot, buddy. Thanks very much. Brandon Stokely. We'll come back with emails right after. Wants to email the Mike Francesa podcast? Drop Mike a note at podcast at gmail.com. All right, email time. Remember, uh, podcast at gmail.com. That's where you can send your emails. We get to some usually every show. Here we go. Bill from Oradell. Do you think Belichick and Kraft are effectively blackballing Eric Mangini from getting another head coaching job? Um Blackballing might be a little strong. I think they definitely are doing anything but endorsing him. I think what happened is this. When you have a tough first time, and and blame Eric for this, and I know Eric very well. Eric is a good coach. He'd still be a good coach. And I think he would learn some things. But he was young, and it was his way or the highway. And he did some things with the owner he shouldn't have done. He confronted the owners in ways he shouldn't have done. Now, he left there after three years and two winning seasons out of three for the Jets and left. And left with the cupboard full. 
Rex Ryan won with Mangini's team. The bottom line is that was a nightmare. Now, on top of it, he jumped in at the first chance he could. He jumped into a terrible situation in Cleveland with an owner who was not going to stay in the league. If you get fired the first time, you must make sure your second time is extremely solid because you're not getting a third shot usually. And he has not gotten a third shot. That was the mistake, even more than a Belichick, which I'm sure doesn't help. But even more than that, it's more the fact that he failed the second time. You have to be very careful with that second shot because you're not likely to get a third. Rich uh, emails, Mike, uh, what we've seen with the Phillies surprising run to the World Series uh, and what are two NFL teams no one is talking about that you could see making a Phillies-type run? All right, um, it's a little different in football because you don't really get a chance to surprise somebody in the NFL because you only play 17 games, so the bottom line is you're going to know if someone's coming on or not. Or, you know, in f- baseball, you can sneak into the playoffs like the Phillies did in the last month and then get hot. It's a little different. But I would say that if I was going to look at a team that I could say could get a hot something hot going that is not good right now, it would be 3-4 and four San Francisco. I think they have the ability to do it if they right the ship. I can't count the Rams because they're defending champs, so I can't count them. Um, it would be San Francisco. I wouldn't count Dallas because more is expected from them. I think Dallas has a chance to do some very good things because I think their defense is rock solid. Uh, and I think they have the best defensive player in the league. Uh, so I think um, they could do something, but I don't think that's a surprise. Um, It looks like Rodgers wants out of Green Bay and is beginning the groundwork to force a trade. What are your thoughts? There'll be no midseason trade of Aaron Rodgers. As far as after the season now, I think he's more likely to retire than he is go somewhere else. I think this year will leave a very sour taste in his mouth. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out of Green Bay. Now, he's not going to be out of Green Bay in season. That's not going to happen. Um, after the season, I think he could be gone. You know, let's be honest. Nathan Hackett got hired in Denver because of his relationship with with Aaron Rodgers. They were trying to bring Aaron Rodgers there. It didn't happen. But that's why he got hired. Um, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. He's very hard to figure these days. He's very quirky. So I I wouldn't try to predict right now what he's going to do. But it's not a good situation. Jared, I think with the Giants, they need a wide receiver. Definitely. Uh, Jerry Judy seems a low-risk, high-reward option. Could there be a match? Jerry Judy's not cheap, though. Remember, Jerry Judy is a very well-thought-of young player, a very explosive young player who has been badly misused in Denver. He could be a star. I love to see the Giants get Jerry Judy. It will not be cheap. My understanding of last week is the asking price for Jerry Judy is exorbitant. So I don't think the Giants will pay it, but let's see what happens. The trading deadline is... Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Jerry Judy might be traded, but my understanding is of all the players on the block, the asking price for him is the highest. Um, Joey, I am not sold on the Jets, but like you say, wins are wins, and you'll take them. 
What has changed these few weeks? They're better. Their defense has made a ton of plays. They now have, you know, a shutdown corner. They have a pass rush. Uh, Hall was making big plays every week. Uh, that was enough. Uh, you know, they got some big plays and, and, and a couple of surprising wins like the Cleveland win early. Um, now, the young quarterback has not played as well. He's got to get his play back up. First two weeks was good. Now it's leveled off. Now he doesn't have Hall. You know, when you can dump the ball to the back and he goes 60 yards for a touchdown, that's, that's, a, that, that, that's a big plus to your, to, your, to your offense. When you can hand him the ball and he goes 75 yards for a touchdown, that's, you know, that makes a big difference. Hall was making plays like that. He's gone now. That hurts. It really does. He's a big loss for them. Big loss. But they have a guy who's going to be a pro Bowl player for years in, in Sauce Gardner. He's going to be a star. He already is. Um, Paulie, who was the last time, who was the last first-time head coach you can remember like Dable uh, that you were impressed with everything he's done? Uh, I can't think of anybody who stepped in in their first year and has been as impressive as Dable's been. I mean, Dable, and, and don't discount Martindale. He's done an incredible job. They've done an incredible job with this team. They really have. Now, give Daniel Jones credit for his playmaking and his, using his legs. Barkley coming back. But these coaches have done an incredible job. I can't think of anybody that's done his job as good as these guys have in their first year. That's how good it's been. With a team that's lost year after year after year, what they've done has been extraordinary. Um, does that lock them up to be a good head coach long term? I very much like everything I see from Dable. Like how he acts. I like how he carries himself. I like him on the sideline. I like him in the press conference. I like. It seems to me he came in as a mature, well-rounded coach who's ready for this and he put together a top staff which is very underlined very difficult to do now hardest thing i hear from coaches now is it's almost impossible in this league now to get a good staff together and he was able to do that so give him credit he had his hands on the guys he wanted. He knew what he wanted to do, and that makes a big difference. Think about the Giants right now without Martindale as defensive coordinator. Uh, this is an email from Mike. Um, Tua may never be healthy or stay on the field and may even be limited, but he certainly has a knack to win a lot of games. There are players who... Win games. There are players who make plays. Two is one of those guys. Does he have a great arm? No. Uh, did he have a better arm at Alabama before he got hurt? Yes. Is his arm as good deep? No, it's not. Um, he's limited physically. I don't know if he's ever going to be healthy. I agree with you. And I don't know how long he's going to last, but does he have a knack for getting in the end zone and winning games? Yeah, he does. Let's be honest, he does. He, he gets the job done. So, I mean, that's what you want to do. You, what you want to do with your quarterback is – Put your team in the end zone when they need it. It's not about scoring 50. It's not about scoring 40 and winning 40 to 10. It's about 
driving your team down in the fourth quarter when they need to score and getting it and winning the game. And Tua's done that. He really has. All right, enjoy your week number eight. It uh, should be interesting, especially with all the rumors about all the trades. We'll see how things impact. Uh, you know, Jets already got a little help uh, running back. Let's see if they do anything more, either going in or going out. Let's see what the Giants do. They might do something with the wide receiver position. Uh, and there are sure a lot of players on the block, but let's see what happens. And usually the trades don't happen. We'll see how many do. We've already had the Tony trade uh, and a couple other small ones, but let's see how many we wind up with uh, as we head towards the trade deadline on Tuesday. Uh, enjoy. We'll see. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.